Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Cribs. Today, we're very lucky to have Evan Lucas from Invest Smart. He also has his own podcast called For What It's Worth. So if you are listening to this on Spotify or any good podcasting channel, please have a look, subscribe and check out what he's doing over there. Evan, thanks for jumping on. Dominic, thanks for having me. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I just wanted to chat to you a little bit about this interest rate drop that's recently happened. Um, mate, why have they cut this rate? So that is the sort of $64 million question because some people will argue that they have done it too early, that there isn't actually necessarily a need for a third one inside five months, considering we had them in June and July. It has clearly fired up certain parts of the economy. But what they're doing is they're sort of trying to be ahead of the curve. And that in the past has actually been an argument against them. There are people that had argued, you know, all the way back to sort of 2016, they'd been too slow. Uh, they hadn't reacted even when they had a chance to possibly hike rates, not cut rates, uh, back in 2017. So mm. it looks like they're, they're trying to be ahead of the curve. And the interesting thing about it, it's twofold. One is to try and stay ahead of what looks like a very gloomy global growth background. The next one that is also something that hasn't really been part of the RBA's, what we call their mandate, is full employment. They have actually now stated that in their in their statement that Full employment is what they're chasing. And they've told us in terms of their statement of monetary policy that full employment in their eyes is 4.5% and we're currently sitting at 52 So we're a long way away from that. So those two measures together of why we saw on the 1st of October they've cut rates. Interesting enough also, the market is still pricing in a Melbourne Cup rate cut at around about 67%. So there is a very good chance that we may even see another rate cut in a month's time, there'd be a hundred basis points in a year. It'd be a hundred basis points in six months. So it's, it's kitchen sinking and it's all as they say in their wording with regards to what this is about and what we spoke about at the start. It's around trying to make sure that they are consistent with their medium term target of inflation, two to 3%, yep. while also giving greater confidence in employment. And do you think that this is a prudent move? And where obviously you've just said that they might do another uh, Melbourne cut rate. Um, you know, outside of that, do you think you're going to see uh, any changes in the market? Do you think that this is the right step towards full employment? And how do you see this sort of affecting one uh, the markets that you're looking at? That is the stock market and and, and um, you know larger market it, movements. Yeah, look, it's prudent. The interesting part of that question. So. There, it, we are now moving closer and closer towards the idea, and I say that deliberately, the idea that we could actually have zero interest rates in this country sometime in the next two or three years. Because another part of what they alluded to and have been alluded to for a fair while is that interest rates in this country will remain low for the foreseeable future. So they are the reason I say the prudence interesting part of that is that 
if we get down to, by the end of the, the 5th of November, interest rates at 0.5 of 1%, the official cash rate, they realistically have two left to hit zero. Mm. They've made it clear that they won't go down the European-Japanese path of going into negative interest rates, mm -hmm. which would suggest the next step, if they continue down the accommodation path of making monetary policy as easy as easy as possible we can, it would be moving down to quantitative easing. And that would mean buying Australian-backed bonds, et cetera, and stimulating the economy that way. So the, the argument is, have we had enough time to see the June and July interest rate cuts fall into the economy. By their own admission, they're suggesting that growth in this country is appearing to have reached a, a bit of a turning point to the upside. So again, the, the question is, was October 1st cuts needed? Mm. That will be a debate that will probably come out over the next 12 to 18 months. Do you think that we need to, because in my opinion, in my, my small opinion in the property world, something like this um, will definitely loosen the purse strings of plenty of first home buyers, people that mm -hmm. are looking to invest. Um, and I can see at least a short-term movement in that bottom end of the market, people where you know they're, they're trying to get that first investment or they're looking for less than sort of $700,000. Do you think that by seeing some movement in the property market, that will then have a flow-on effect to the rest of the economy? So if we're seeing more construction and a bit more confidence in that part, then that will have you know, a flow on to, you know, the rest of the market and we can see some more of those movements in towards, you know, full employment. It will if you get the wealth effect. What's that? And what, I'm, what I mean by that is if we have a look at the housing-led recovery from 2013 to 2017 before we had the pullback that we've just gone through and looks like showing signs of, of now moderating. In fact, Sydney and Melbourne have seen four and a bit percent growth in the last two months alone. Again, yep. the argument there would be the two rate cuts in June and July. But the wealth effect, what I mean by that in terms of your overall question of confidence and spending and the impact on the economy, first home buyers, if they were to pick up a house, as you said, sub 700K, and they actually over the next 18 to 24 months saw the price of their house that they had acquired in this period move up, then their overall you know, feeling of their wealth increases because they know that the value of their property has increased. Let's say it moves through 100K, so it moves up to 800,000 that will positively impact confidence and therefore it positively impacts things like consumption and slowly but surely that also therefore impacts what the RBA wants it to impact, which is inflation and moving inflation towards their core mandate of 2 to 3%. Now, the thing I just said all there, that takes time mm, and time mm. is, is, is the caveat to how this all works. I was going to say uh, that practically we need to see the, the market move. We need to allow time to people to get in we need time for the market to move. We, we need a little bit more time on our side to see the practical movements and to see people's sentiments change over time, right? Yep, correct. So and this is the conundrum. Like, are we reacting too soon with regards to what the RBA has done or do they see things that are moving quick enough to actually make sure they're ahead of the curve? And again, looking at what they look at, there is – you know, decent signs that they are likely to see, that we as a nation are likely to see a slowdown in economic growth in the next six to 12 months and therefore the RBA wants to try and cushion that or even actually almost reverse it by going early. 
Do you think that then, again, practically, the, the, the cash rate is changing? Um, this needs to be then passed on to the consumer, to the people that are going out and getting the loans. Do you see the majors following suit or is there a little bit of, um, you know, to use the same word twice, prudence on their behalf because they've got to manage the a number of different interests? And if you do think that some of the majors will follow suit, who who's sort of moving and in what sort of um, order? Okay, so this is the next question that comes out of all of this is that, there is unfortunately still an underlying belief in the overall population that the cash rate movement is going to therefore move interest rates in terms of your mortgage. Yeah. Uh, and that is because it's always been probably in the media, particularly linked that way. You and I both know working in the industries that we work mm-hmm. in, that's not exactly how it works um, no. in terms of what it is. The banks have several different ways that they bring in capital onto their balance sheet to then actually lend it out to you and I as mortgage holders. Um, I've always described banking as a very, very simple idea. Banking is realistically you borrow money off someone, you put a margin on it, and you lend it out to someone. That's basically what banking is. The catch is is that borrowers now are facing already record low rates. Term deposit holders are the ones that everybody singles out. But it's not just TD holders that Mm. the banks have to look at. They've got wholesale markets to fund. They've also got a scenario where they have to continue to be, you know, conducive for, for people to offer them money to borrow. So if they were cutting interest rates both sides, as in they cut the borrowing rates, the term deposit rate by 25 basis points to therefore cut the lending rate by 25 bips, they have a scenario where they could actually see capital outflow and that would be against them. This is, this is the argument that's been coming for probably the last 16 months from the banks is that that net interest margin, that margin in the middle is getting squeezed. Mm. And their ability to continue to offer through the 25 bits is hard. Now, the politicians are not going to listen to that argument because it doesn't play well in the electorate, and that's not their problem. But that's probably where the bank sits. That's why you've seen you know, CDA and NAB who've fired the gun already, not passing through the full amount. It's unlikely that you'll probably see Westpac and ANZ doing the same thing. You need to shop around. I mean, there are certainly players out there that have. There are enough players out there also offering interest rate, sorry, interest rates on loans of with a two handle, which is certainly very conducive mm. um, for your first homeowner. By a question before, so it's it's again the, the amount of cogs, the amount of parts that feed into this is what makes it so very interesting. And again, the other thing the RBA knows is monetary policy. The best way I've described it is it's a blanket tool, and at the moment they're using a sledgehammer to try and do fine art. There are certain small parts of the economy that need some serious help, no doubt about that. But when you've only got one lever that hits the whole place, it does create distortions, um, and they are fully aware that that's unfortunately the, the realm that they work in. Mm. So let me just ask you, this This may not be your area of expertise, but you're definitely all over this space. If you were a punter and you've got you know a bit of debt out there, um, would you be looking to fix a rate? Would you be looking to say leave it as variable? Um, what what kind of comments do you have for the average punter out there that has a debt and uh, you know home loan that um, is looking to refinance or do something with their mortgage? Yeah, first and foremost, unfortunately, I have to go out the, the general advice terms. So obviously, I can't actually give advice <laughs> on that one. But look, if it, it was me, and again, looking at the way I look at things, which is through the economic eyes, through macroeconomics and macro levers, yes. it is very probable that the RBA will cut rates inside the next six to 12 months again, above what we've just discussed. Okay. So with that in mind, 
variable clearly would look more enticing to someone like myself than fixed income. Uh, sorry, than fixing it. However, some of the fixed rates out there are impressive alone. Mm. Um, and as we also just discussed, don't necessarily expect the 25 basis points that are probably likely to come to be handed through in full. So all that sort of somewhat asks the question. Other part of it, it's not really an answer to your question. It's more just a, it's just a fact is that when we talk about debt, debt's an interesting word in, in the Australian culture particularly. Debt is seen, unfortunately, with a slightly negative connotation. Debt is a tool. Debt is just an instrument. Uh, you've got to be honest with yourself about how you look at debt. If you find debt hard to deal with, then that is certainly something that you need to be fully aware of. But debt is a tool to get you where you need to be. You've got to be very disciplined with it, and that's why, unfortunately, some people you know, maybe shouldn't go down that path. But with the current scenario that we have, debt is a very good tool. It is very cheap. And it certainly can help you get on your way towards your future financial goals, whatever they may be, whether that's a house or whatever it might be, investment property, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it is an interesting time. Um, and, and therefore, yeah, looking at where I am, if it was me answering that question, I'd probably stay variable. Okay. Mate, thank you very much, Evan. This is some really good practical advice for all the mums and dads and even the more sophisticated investors out there. I think that you've hit all the main points here. Um, Mate, thank you very much for jumping online. And for all those out there, you want to hear more from Evan, get to jump on and listen to For What It's Worth. Mate, thank you very much and we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much, Dominic. Catch you later.